Welcome to the Like a Bigfoot podcast. I'm your host, Chris Ward, and this week, uh, the last week, well, I guess technically not the last week of December, now that I think about it, but uh, the last like regular episode of the year of the Like a Bigfoot podcast is with our old friend from the show, uh, Travis Steffen. Uh, Travis, this is his fifth time on the podcast. He's probably been on a few more times uh, beyond that in just like special episodes and kind of stuff like that. But, uh, but yeah, I always love talking to Travis. I could just throw a question at him and listen, listen to him talk for hours and hours and hours. He's an awesome dude. Um, just the best guy. So this episode, uh, as I thought back to the conversation, cause I, we recorded it last night and I was thinking about it today. I was like, man, it must be the end of the year because I am definitely very super introspective at this time of year. Um, and kind of like working through some stuff on top of the, on top of being injured and not being able to do my normal, like running and hiking and getting out into the mountains thing. Uh, so it's like this weird combination is making me really like consider a lot more of what, what I'm proud of from 2018 and what I want to accomplish in 2019 and like the path I'm going and all this stuff. And it kind of makes you kind of have one of those like clear the mirror moments, which I think I made up, but a clear the mirror moment is where you get a chance to like step out of your normal routine and thought patterns and really like be introspective and kind of, you know, conscious of what you are doing and what you want to achieve. And I think the end of the year brings that about for all of us. Um, I've actually kind of as weird as this is, I, I don't enjoy being injured because I, I miss being in the mountains and going down trails every day or most days and all that stuff. Um, but I do enjoy how it kind of gives you a little reset moment where, where I've been able to, and my injury is nothing crazy. I went and got it looked at by, by the doctor yesterday and it's, it's like a calf sprain or strain. And so it's no big deal. It's something you just have to rest for a few weeks and I can actually do quite a bit. I can still bike and lift weights and all that do yoga and all that stuff. It's just, he's just like, Hey, don't do the activity that hurts, which is running and hiking. So until it stops hurting, I'm like, Oh, that makes sense. (laughs) Um, but I've enjoyed that because it's really helped me get a little more focused on doing yoga and getting some mobility, which I desperately needed after this year, which was a lot of running. Um, so, so yeah, it's a clear the mirror moments aren't bad things going into the new year is not a bad thing. Setting goals and thinking back and reflecting are not bad things at all. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of what we get into this, this episode is kind of all over the place, uh, in a good way. Um, as most of my conversations with Travis are not, Even the ones, you know, like just our everyday, like weekly or twice a week phone calls that we make are usually all over the place, ranging from serious to goofy to something like the thing I like about Travis is at times he always, he seems to like, he starts going down a road, right? With what he's talking about. And in my, the back of my mind, I'm like, 
oh man, like people are going to hate, like, (laughs) I wonder what people's reactions are going to be to what he says. And then at least to me, he always pulls himself out of it and makes, ends up making a really good point. And I'm always like, oh, like he actually, he was able to, to actually make a really good point and like change my thinking on a couple of things. So, uh, this episode is no different. We talk a lot about, uh, the idea of the imposter syndrome, which is when you start something new and you're surrounded by all these people you perceive as like just awesome, like, oh my God, they know everything and I don't know anything and they're all going to look at me and know that I don't know anything and you just feel completely out of place and you're like, how how am I here when I'm surrounded by all of these people that should be here where meanwhile all those people at one point either felt the same way you did or still currently do. Um, so we, we dive into that quite a bit. We talk about, uh, authenticity and, and you know, there's this big thing about like branding yourself. And when I was coming into the conversation and bringing that up, cause I w- was really curious to hear about Travis's perspective on it. Um, I was coming into it as like definitely, uh, it's just weird. Like it's a weird thing online now. It seems like you have to have a brand. Um, and if you enjoy the show, please subscribe to the like a Bigfoot podcast. Um, (laughs) but like, you know, it's just, it's a little bit weird to me. Um, and it's this weird time of people trying to understand how to use social media. Um, and I think there's the idea of like you you create a self brand and I was looking at it from like a really negative light. Um, and Travis has a different perspective and he challenges thoughts sometimes and he's not afraid to challenge it. And, and that's what I really enjoy about talking with him. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode next week. We'll be releasing a clip show, our second clip show. Um, so that's going to be great. I'm in the middle of working on it right now. Uh, So I hope you guys enjoy that. And then starting in the new year, we're going to come back strong with some awesome, awesome interviews for you guys. So uh, I hope you're planning some great adventures for 2018. I know I am as soon as I'm 2018, 2019. I'm going to do the thing that you do for like two months after, after January where you're writing the date and you just list the wrong one out of habit. Um, So I just did that on the podcast before it even turned to the new year. So that's kind of impressive. Uh, But yeah, I hope you guys are planning some cool adventures. I know I am. Uh, Maybe use the time to heal up and rest up and enjoy the holidays. Enjoy your family. Um, Yeah. So we'll get back at you then. Thanks for listening, guys. This is the Like a Bigfoot podcast number 125 with Travis Steffen. All right, we are uh, continuing the uh, the exploration of the man Travis Steffen on this podcast. Uh, here I am, and Once I, I want to ask you this question, man. Like you've been in California for a while now in your life. So, like, when do you transfer from an Iowan to a Californian? Because every once in a while, like ever. Really? Because every once in a while, like ever do. the way you talk, though, like in your accent, I'm like, that's a little do Californian. I an, do I have an accent? Like, do people in California have an accent? 
Yeah. Do people in Iowa have an accent? Well, people in Iowa do not. That's like one of the rules of thumb, you know? Like when they train news anchors, they train them to sound like you're from Iowa, I'm pretty sure. Well, I knew that. And I'm I'm just trying to think of like... Which, is that true? (laughs) I assume so. Because it's like the Midwest is is like the accent black hole. It's where accents go to die. It's like that is on our it's like state the void signs. of an accent. Yeah, on our signs where accents drive go to die. Uh huh. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, I don't know. I think I anytime I explain like where I'm from to somebody, every time, literally every time, somebody's like, "Oh, where are you originally from?" When I say Iowa, they usually look at me like I'm a I'm from like Mars. And they're like, What? I don't think I've ever met anybody from Iowa before. That's amazing. I'm like, Is it okay? <laughs> it's it's really odd. Um Really? So Iowans, it, it seems like we don't migrate that far west. Like because in Colorado, no, honestly, I see people all the time from Iowa. And then if I mention I'm from Iowa, people you know, people ask, do you know so-and-so? Like, <sighs> as if everyone in Iowa would know Dude, everybody. But, but you we- know what? But you know what? It happens. It always does. Do. <laughs> Every time I'm what like, you, do. you know what? That name sounds familiar. <laughs> that's that's really funny. You know, um, there was this time that my dad's cousin, was who owns like an ad agency in St. Louis, and he was talking to somebody that he that he was gonna do business with, and um, who was a Cardinals fan. And he was like, "Oh yeah, my my cousin's like the biggest Cardinals fan ever, and he's from Iowa." And this guy's like, "Oh yeah, who's your cousin?" And he looks at him and just like, "Are you an idiot? Like just because he's from Iowa and he's a Cardinals fan, you think you're gonna know this guy?" And he's like, "Oh, it's Don Steffen, but it's like you're not gonna know him." And he's just like, "It ended up being Dan Meineke's dad." <laughs> so so like he of course knew him and i was in dan mikey's wedding oh my god dude it's true you hear a dog in the background it's my dad's dog no that's cool man um oh my god that's so true yeah we all know each other it's it's something that always annoys me when people ask but then here's the problem dude is i'll do it to other people you know, we're like, if yeah. I'm talking to someone, they're like, I went to Michigan State. And I know like one person who went to Michigan State. I'll be like, hey, did you know <laughs> yeah. this random one person that went there 20 years ago? Yeah. And then they'll usually say no. And I'll feel embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, That's a very Chris Ward thing to say. Yeah, man. I was just wondering because I'm like, when does a person, obviously you're from Iowa, like that's your roots. And that mm-hmm. means something, and that obviously has an effect the rest of your life. But when yeah. does a person become fully embraced in their new, like, city I or whatever? I don't think I will ever feel like a Californian. You'll always feel like an outsider. I will always feel like an Iowan. I don't know how to describe it. Because like I still ident- I still self-identify in that way, even though I haven't lived in Iowa for God, like a while, eight years, more yeah. than eight years, eight and a half years. Um, and I'm sure there will be a point where I've lived not in Iowa longer than I lived in Iowa. Yeah, and I'm sure that I'll still feel like 
I'm an Iowan instead. Because I don't know. Like, it just – it's weird. I don't know how to describe it, man. It's it's just – I wonder if people relate. I wonder if – first of all, I wonder if everyone relates where they're like, yeah, dude, I'm from, you know, the East Coast. I'll always be an East Coast person. Or, like, I wonder if it's specifically Iowa because, man, we always just, like – you're proud when you're from Iowa. You're like proud of it. Like it's awesome. You're like proud. Great place. And it's um, especially if you're there during your formative years where that's where you kind of get instilled with most of who you are at your core. And then later in life, you could, I mean, if I went to China and I lived there for 10 years, would that mean I'm Chinese? You know, like, would that mean, you know, I'm, I don't know. That's kind of what I, the way I think about it. Or will I, will I be? <laughs> your I, dog, dude. You can hear is dog. that your she's dog? Like right in my face. Yeah, she's like right in my face. This That's is the, actually, Get this is there. the second appearance of a dog on the podcast. So actually really? third, third appearance of a dog. We had All my right. friend's dog, uh, Jason, my friend Jason's dog, uh, Sir Jorah Mormont. Oh, and then it's name that's amazing and, and then my cousin matt's dog bill murray on the podcast so that's hilarious well this dog's name is boots and she's not a celebrity like either of those people <laughs> yeah well dude let's uh so okay we're reaching the end of 2018 so i want to know travis like what what did you what did you accomplish in 2018 Oh man! What was like the big focus of Travis Steffen? You know, Um, the big focus of Travis Steffen was do less, better. Okay. So, I've I've been somebody that does a lot of things, um, and is marginally good at all of them, and I've always met people who have had who have like huge companies or that have like achieved some massive thing in their life physically or intellectually or something. And when I meet them, this is going to sound really egotistical and ridiculous, but when I meet them, I feel thoroughly underwhelmed in many cases. Like I'll build them up in my head to be so far beyond me in terms of their capability um, intellectually or their capability um, in any, like creatively in any way. And after I talk to them for a while, I usually get the feeling where I'm like, Oh, like I, I, I feel capable of accomplishing what they accomplished. If I gave myself, unless it's, unless they're talking about somebody that's, you know, an all pro linebacker or something like that, or, you know, LeBron James or something like that, where somebody just has God given natural gifts. But, when it comes to somebody that's a business person or a creative or somebody who just like is an executive at some company that's very successful and wealthy, I'll meet them and I'll think to myself, I could have easily done exactly what this person has done. Um, and so like seeing that and seeing the, not, not necessarily shitting on anybody else while I say this, I'm not trying to minimize anybody else's accomplishments. I'm just like realizing how human other people are that we oftentimes make the mistake of building up and putting on pedestals in our minds that makes us feel that their achievements are so out of reach. And, um, 
And I've just become more conscious of my own habit of doing that to the point where I, I, I now really truly believe in my own capacity to achieve far beyond what I used to. Um, and so what I realized was the missing piece is I was giving so many things, my 5% focus or my 10% focus, or, you know, sometimes 30 or 40% focus and was getting 30 or 40% results in comparison. And like in, in the grand scheme of things where I see myself, where I've been setting goals for myself and wanting to be is somebody who changes the course of history forever through, you know, achievement and what I build and the impact that I make. And it's just so, it sounds so obvious that you can't do that with half time focus um, or you can't do that with, with just like a small fraction of yourself. You have to be fully all in and committed to one thing and you have to surrender to it. You know, like, um, I think it was around the, around new years. Um, and I remember talking through this thing that was like rattling around the back of my mind where I was talking a lot about, um, opportunity cost and some cost fallacy and the combination of both of those things where I'm like, Oh, I have sunk cost of focus and time and money into these projects that if I look at them, I don't believe truly that they will ever be on the scale that I once did believe they would be now that I know about the industry or about, you know, the market appetite or whatever it is. Um, but because I had money and retirement or anything like that, I felt some sort of weird obligation to continue to get my return out rather than spending that time or that effort elsewhere on something that I, that I, based on what I've learned, actually believe is authentically the path. And then opportunity costs where I'm like, okay, well, if I choose to do, to commit to this one thing and let's say I'm wrong and let's say it's not what I thought it could be. I've wasted that time, this time that I'll never get back. And those two things were driving me from a place of fear to the point where I was, I don't want to say I was paralyzed because I was definitely doing a lot of things, but I wasn't committing fully to any of them. So I basically said, look, I'm not going to take on any brand new projects this year. Uh, I'm going to stay with what I have. Uh, the things, the two things that I had been working on, those are still my primary businesses at the moment. One of them I've come to an agreement, uh, on to sell to a partially state owned financial firm in China. Um, that company is like an investment bank that helps other companies raise money or FIN or register broker dealer. Um, and you know, that Chinese company basically wants to buy us to have a licensed entity in the United States to trade and make investments and whatnot. Basically, they want to get their money out of China uh, in whatever way they can. And um, yeah, so that, that's one of them. The other one's called Flash Course. And the dream for that is global free financial literacy. And um and effectively, like that product is looking better than anything I've ever touched in my life. It's, I really believe that it's going to be massive. Um, I think it's going to make a huge splash. And I think it's going to be the thing that like gets me to the next level as a founder 
Um, and I've been spending the vast majority of my time on that. Um, there's a, there's still a company that like a little side hustle that I've been spending a little bit, a little bit of time on lately, um, that I'm kind of trying to flip, um, or at the very least fully automate. That's like an online course that I bought last year or it was in 2017, I believe. Um, I didn't do anything for a long time with it. And then, so the, like the process is happening with all of those and, um, a lot of lessons that in rocks, that way. Man. I was just imagining, like, I could have just put the mic down and like walked out for a couple minutes <laughs> <laughs> as you usually would when, when you ask me a question, right? <laughs> that's how I do. Especially yeah. an open-ended one. That's like, what did you do in the last year? <laughs> I could have kept going. You know? uh, I'm like dude. smiling now. Cause I'm like, I remembered that you said that. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, what, I guess a couple things about that, like, yeah, the hundred percent commitment thing makes sense. Right. But I feel like so many people, or I feel like there's the majority of people, me included, could not go 100% in on a project. Like, yeah, I'm one of them. And that's the difference. I think you're one of them that like, can, I'm one of them that can, cause I'm afraid I, I that, haven't historically I, been able to. Yeah. I'm af- I would be afraid of burnout. I would be, you know, dude, you're, you're always thinking about what you could possibly be missing out on at that point too, mm-hmm. where it's like, well, dude, if I'm a hundred percent focused and I think what you're saying, since I know, like, you know, we talk, quite mm-hmm. often and i feel like what you're saying is 100 percent focus when you're dur- during your like working hours yeah so like your creative and professional self is 100 percent committed to one mission one and one thing. mission only yeah, okay and that's what you think about and um and for me i've always had several irons in the fire yeah you have and and like obviously i have some semblance of a personal life um <laughs> Some, I've, I've, that's gonna be the I, quote I mean, got, dude that's uh, gonna be uh, on your behind the music man i'll be like yeah <laughs> travis had some semblance of a I personal mean, I've, life i've got a girlfriend and um you know it's it is very obvious to me that i uh just like anything in life you have to commit time and effort to getting good at something to be good at something every once in a while we land on something that's like um, we're just naturally good at. Yeah. And I think there are quite a few elements of being in a relationship that I'm naturally good at. And there are elements that I'm, that take practice. So like, I think I've gotten more practiced at many of those things through past relationships and, you know, um, lessons learned then. And, and I've been able to kind of apply them this time around. And, um, so that's been lovely. And there's still a lot left to learn in that department. So, yeah, man. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, the other thing I heard when you when you first started talking about that, um, a couple of things like when you're talking about when you meet other people, you know, who in the past you would really be kind of intimidated by, you know, because of kind of being like awe inspired, you know, where you're like yeah. in awe of someone. Um, do you think like? Do you think like the idea of like finding more humanity and pretty much everybody, even the people you're, you are, you do look up to, do you think that has anything to do with like people sharing their stories? I mean, right now it just seems like everyone has access to ways to share their stories. 
Mm-hmm. And and it even like, you know, I just remember listening to podcasts where you'd hear like Tom Hanks interviewed or something. And mm-hmm. after like 20 minutes, you're like, whoa, Tom Hanks is a real guy. Like he went yeah. on a journey. You know, you're like, whoa, he went on yeah. a journey. He had ups and downs. He had hardships. He had lucky breaks. Like and, and it, it like showed the path of how you can be successful yeah. in certain areas. And for me, it's just fascinating to listen to because, totally. you know, a lot of the areas I'm like, oh, that's not anything I'm interested in. But like I understand the path. I understand how right. people do it. Well, and and to kind of like close that very loop, A, you get a guy like Tom Hanks or like anybody who's at like the top of their field, something like that. Um, they, first of all, yes, they're human beings. And when you sit down, they've had their ups and their downs and they're humans. And it's fascinating to see just how human they are, you know? Um, so like you could sit down and get to know that person and be like, Oh man, he's struggled with a lot of the same things that I have. I've struggled with in life. He has certain things figured out that I don't, but I have certain things figured out that he doesn't. And even though he's like wildly famous and wealthy, that to close the loop on what I said is because he surrendered to one thing and became incredible at one thing. And committed his entire professional self to one thing, which basically means he gave up everything else for a while, at, at least. Yeah. And was like, this is my identity. I am Tom actor. I am like, this is who I am. I am I'm happy not being anything else. Yeah. Um, and being seen as this and for this to be my identity. And that's cool with me. You know, that makes sense. Yeah, I actually kind of had the same thought almost when we were when we did that race in Monument Valley a couple of years ago, um, mm. because, you know, it's famous for having all these John Wayne films, you know, shot there and like stagecoach and all that stuff. Right. Yeah. And by that hotel, there was this area that was like John Wayne's favorite lookout. And first of all, I'm like, John Wayne, dude, you got good taste in the lookout, man. This is beautiful, you know? But yep. later in the race, when we climbed that butte, you know, that like yep. uh, Mesa or butte, I can't remember the exact sure. definition, but we climbed up there. And like, now I'm looking at the same view, but from this different perspective. And I was kind of thinking to myself in maybe an egotistical way where I was just like, I bet John Wayne never came up here. Like, I bet John Wayne Probably never not. made that brutal hike up that crazy, like, cliff thing <laughs> to get up here and see this view. So I'm like, yeah. I have a better view than John Wayne right now. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. And he was, like, an actor. So not to, like, put down actors, but he was definitely yeah, not dude, an ultramarathoner. Please marathoner. don't. <laughs> you know? He was definitely not an ultramarathoner, so he he definitely well, and so that's it. It's, of that. It is like, where are you putting your focus? Where are you putting your time? You know, right. um, and for you know the the majority of us who are like, we're probably not going to put one hundred percent of our focus in anything. You know, yep. Because, like I said, you're a you're a sure. special person, and that's one of the reasons why you fascinate me. Because I'm like Travis does have this thing that a lot of people I've met do not have, which is this passion and this drive to be like the absolute or to change the world, you know? And I mm-hmm. think, 
I think there's many ways to change the world, but you have this drive to do it in like a really big way. Like you want Dude, to I do it in that. a major way. Whereas I appreciate that very much. Yeah. I go, <laughs> the, I guess the other um, analogy I always think of when I think about this is um, I believe it's season three of the wire. Uh-huh. You remember this Best one? season. Best season? Season four, dude. The one where they go Season to school. three and four collectively yeah. are the best seasons. So season three, there's this big storyline like this this guy and his the one of the sergeants in his district basically like legalizes everything in a certain area. Yes. And it's this big massive change, this big massive shift in like the way everyone's thinking, right? And yep. uh ultimately it doesn't work because those big massive shifts like a lot of the time struggle a lot of the times, you know, like, mm-hmm. but, and then there's also the storyline at the same time. And I was going to say concurrently there to sound really smart, but I won't. But at the same time, <laughs> there's a storyline of this guy who gets out of jail and decides to like help out at this boxing gym. And it shows this like really minor change he makes in like this, a couple kids lives. And I was, and it, it that ends up actually like being effective in that sense. And so I'm like, well, you know, most of us are making these minor shifts in people's lives and affecting people on a minor level that over time changes their paths. Does that make any sense? It does. And first of all, I thought that the the legalizing drugs experiment was like working until like the higher ups were well, like, we it, can't do this. Exactly. It was, yeah, there was things of eventually well it to be fair in the show it showed like both sides like it showed the ways it was helping and working where the people like it was reducing crime so much yeah but it also showed some of the dark sides of it as well yeah but that's true it was like ultimately it failed because you had to have like a billion people on board whereas you know with this minor shifts maybe you're affecting one person or two people and Mm -hmm. like if you can affect their lives in a positive way, that's going to put them on a different path. Totally. I don't know, man. It's something I've thought about a lot since watching that. And that was like three years ago when I saw it. Dude, right on. Well, that, that, what a cool thing to think about a lot though. (laughs) You know, like that's, I'm sure the show creators would be so flattered that, that it was hitting you in that way. Like making you feel things on that level. It did. It made me actually like think which most shows don't. (laughs) Right. Um, but I, I guess, uh, also I want to call you out right now. Cause you keep talking about one thing. Yeah. And that's from our favorite movie to discuss on this podcast. That's true. With you. City Slickers that's one. True. The better the one. one. Thing. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's <laughs> second of all, I want to talk about like the imposter syndrome with you a little bit. Can you mm. give people the idea of like, what is the imposter syndrome and, and how have you felt it in your life and, and how do you like combat it? Yeah, well, that's a good question. So, I mean, the way I define it is, um, especially if you're like, uh, uh, somebody who's in a chosen career where there are a lot of people that have done a lot of really big and amazing and incredible things. Um, and you start to network a little bit, you're going to get invited to things and you'll be in rooms with people who are like legitimately, you feel like they're dwarfing your accomplishments 100 fold or a thousand fold. Um, this is me, this speaking. So I need to not personify this as you. 
but me, like I've been in rooms where I, I look around and I'm like, what am I doing here? How <laughs> did I get in here? Like, how did I, these people think that I belong here. Yeah. And I know my day to day life and I know what that looks like. And it's crazy that they're allowing me in the front door, you know, like, uh, it's just insane. And so that is such a common thing in like most fields where you're trying to make some moves and you're trying to be, um, you're trying to like network a little bit. Well, I think, I think it's a common thing in anything you're trying that you don't feel comfortable at yet. I mean, even like showing up to, you know, a yoga class and you're like, Hey, I've never been to a yoga class before. And you've, now you have all this self doubt and you're like, everyone knows what they're doing. And I don't. Yeah. Yeah. And you're kind of, let's say you're, um, you're one of those people where you're not like advertising the fact that you're brand new and you're, you're going to take the class and whatnot. And there's a a bunch of really incredible people in the class that know all their stuff. And you're, and you're looking around you're like, are they looking at me? Do they, do they see that I suck? Are they, are they buying into my lie that I'm somewhat credible? Um, (laughs) And as you kind of go through like life, um, like people start to, to feel that way about you. And that's so weird, you know? Like feeling that you, the shift where you genuinely feel like you belong in the room. Um, and then you're looking around being like, oh man, what am I doing here? You know, I, I, I'm like, longing for those days yeah. where I'm the, I feel like I'm this guy that doesn't belong here. And now I feel like I'm in a room that I shouldn't be wasting my time with and in a weird egotistical way where I'm like, uh, maybe this is for more new people or something. Right. Um, and I, I'm recognizing that a lot of things that I'm saying kind of sound a little bit egotistical and that's cool. You know, that, that to me, you know, like how cool is it? Would it be if you're just like, Hey, maybe I, maybe I don't belong in this room. But like, how cool is this that now I get to like pass on my advice and like make that, these and, people feel comfortable and be like, I felt like you did right now. Yeah. Yeah. That moment where you're like, I mean, I'll say this, the moment where you're in a room where you don't feel like you belong because everyone else is so high level is something that you should constantly chase in everything you're doing, because it means that you're surrounding yourself with really awesome people that you can learn a lot from and will accelerate your growth and whatever you're trying to do so much more than anything else will. Then if you're, if you're longing for the time where you feel like you're the one that's imparting all the information, your growth is gone. Like your growth will have stopped because there's no one else to learn from in the, at the same rate. Um, you're the, the one that everyone else is now getting value from. So it's great to be able to give back in that way, but it's also, terrifying to think that you can't continue to grow on that level yeah you know? i think there might be a fine balance there too because yeah. how do you know you're not talking to a guy who's new doing whatever you're doing and yet like has really good ideas or asks really good questions that make you be like whoa i didn't think about it from that perspective right yeah but i don't mm-hmm. know i bet dude i've had the imposter syndrome too like even doing the podcast you know 
where like even recently, yeah. like yesterday, <laughs> I got really? yeah, I got an email from somebody and they were like, "Hey, maybe we can connect you with so and so." And I'm saying so and so cuz I don't know if it's going to work yet or you know, if it's going to happen yet. Uh-huh. But I'm sure. like, "Whoa, like that person is awesome. Like I'm a fan, like super cool." And then I'm like, "Whoa, like <laughs> you know, you feel like yeah, does I, this person I know that I'm just some guy? That I'm just me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, that person is probably thinking, like, do they know I'm just some guy too? Like, yeah. it's so weird, dude. I, I find the imposter syndrome really fascinating. And I remember you were the one of the first people to tell me about it. I was like, oh, yeah. yeah, there is that feeling, you know? So how did you combat it? Like, it feels awkward, dude. It feels unnatural, you know, yeah, but I don't it, think I ever actually combated it to be really? honest with you. Like, <laughs> I don't know that there's anything that you can do except for keep going because like, how do you learn to feel like you belong until you build your own perceived capacity and your own perceived ability to the point where you're actually confident to, to be, to see yourself among the greats in a room, you know, um, so I, I don't know that there's a way to combat it other than that, unless you want to come up with a way to just like artificially inflate your confidence. Which um, that's not cool though. I don't like that, dude. I don't like artificially, like I don't like artificial stuff. I don't like mm-hmm. when people are artificial, like I don't like that at all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I hear you. I mean, I think, um, I don't like artificial sweeteners. You don't, you don't, <laughs> and you don't like, you don't like real sweeteners either i don't think <laughs> I, I, I like sweeteners sometimes i mean you like stevia but you don't like sugar oh yeah i guess that is a real sweetener i was yeah. like is that a real sweetener travis i was gonna <laughs> challenge you on it like what yeah. it totally is bro <laughs> i remember if ever if all the listeners want a quick ridiculous story please um i do i was at your house at one point uh-huh. and you're like god my eyes are just i don't know what's going wrong going on with my eyes they're kind of like fuzzy and cloudy lately i think it's because i'm eating too much sugar and and your wife a doctor is like don't blame it on sugar like what are you doing i was saying my eyes were cloudy <laughs> yeah you're like oh my eyes are like kind of like cloudy and foggy today it's like i think i'm just like eating too much sugar (laughs) and she's like what are you an idiot like that's not what sugar does all right what about this though (laughs) let me throw this at you i today it's you know it's the week right before like our holiday break and so Uh in our library at school there's just like a room full of cookies and like awesome dude there are these things someone made it at school they're like the best things ever they're called buckeyes and okay. they're this coat, like they're like coated with chocolate, and then they're like peanut butter dough balls in the middle. And I okay. ate upwards of ten Buckeyes today. You're always the guy that stands by the snack table and eats everything and just looks around and giggles. <laughs> uh, you're that guy at the party. That's all you're I do. <laughs> let's let's talk about athletic goals here for you. Like, oh, nice. what's the plan, dude? What's the plan for for the next the next year? Yeah. Good question. Um, bodybuilding again. Just yeah. going. That's go back, what you're doing. Back to back to bodybuilding. Well, the thing is, so this year I also, um, my girlfriend is big into like personal development seminars, and I, 
I'm not not a fan of these things. Like I am supportive and I'm, I'm a fan of personal development in all forms. There are some of the seminar ones that are a little bit mm, like they're a little bit different and they're very intense and they're kind of cultish and they're a little bit like multi-level marketing. -y. And, um, the one that I went to, um, because like she is a coach at one of these things and she like it, God bless most of these, they, they like save people's lives in many cases. Like they literally, literally will take people that are completely broken and make them whole productive, awesome members of society again. And like, so I'm a big fan of them for that. Um, and like I had already been so deep in that world that I didn't get as much as one would if they were coming in fresh. I'll say that. But um, in that course, I know this is a long way to get there. They had us like several times like sit on the floor and um, and like kind of try to pay attention to the the facilitator person that was leading the whole workshop that way and there would I mean after about like five minutes in most cases I was like I can't sit on the floor anymore like my back or my joints or something like the years of football and fighting and doing all sorts of crazy things physically I was and I, was, I had been doing a bunch of like CrossFit type stuff recently training wise and was lifting really heavy and I'm like this is a sign I'm in my 30s. I need to pay attention to my joints. I need to change the way that I'm training. And I need to make sure that I start doing something that I can do at a high level for the rest of my life. And um, so it was like in that moment where I'm like, all right, my bodybuilding coach that I worked with has a specific method of training that's like absurdly easy on the joints. Whereas you get like a lot of guys like um, there's a documentary on Netflix about Ronnie Coleman, one of the body, best bodybuilders of all time. He was like a heavy, heavy, heavy lifter and he cannot even walk anymore without crutches. So like there are multiple ways to skin a cat in that way. Like you can be great in any way. But this guy, my coach, Chris Cormier, he believes in like using very little weight, no barbells, no squats, which is something I've done my whole life, no barbells at all. You're using dumbbells that aren't like absurdly heavy. You're using machines and you're using cables and like the fixed path and the fact that there's, there's not like a joint stress kind of like a, a load on, on your muscles in that way. It makes it so much easier on your joints that like, I mean, you could just do it forever. And so I gave him a call and was like, dude, I, I gotta, I gotta start with you again. Because he's just like so absurdly knowledgeable. I'm years and years uh, in the exercise science lab, and I hadn't learned even a quarter of what this guy knows, and he never went to school. He just learned through the school of hard knocks, becoming like a top five Mr. Olympia bodybuilder for like 10 years. And, um, and so I'm going to go back to like trying to compete in men's physique or classic physique and going that route, which is primarily diet. And also you can spend like, you know, hour and a half at the gym during the day, something like that. Um, you'll, it takes like some activity in the evening, but it's usually like walking. It's like meditative. And, um, so that's, 
mostly what I'm choosing to do from here on out, like physically, like I need to always have something to train for mentally. It's just who I am. Um, but in terms of like training and the stresses I'm putting on my body for the sake of just being active and healthy and pain free for the most part for the rest of my life, I just had to, I had to bite the bullet. I had to make a decision, um, and, and make it happen, you know? So it was, it was, a uh, it was a tough decision because there were a lot of things that I wanted to accomplish. I wanted to go do some of the desert ultras, um, the multi-day stage races and things like that. And I hadn't been able to figure out how to delegate the necessary time to those, um, while still running my businesses. So I was like trying to figure out how to sell some of them and make sure that I'm as well off as I would like to be um, well, dude, while and, still being able to commit to it. Yeah, and they're pricey and they're travel like they're you're based on travel, so you have to travel around the world to do them. Yeah, so, yeah. so yeah. you really have to be kind of independently wealthy in general in order to do them. Or um, like I think a lot of people raise money for it as well. Yeah, raise money, sure. You know? And like for a cause and things like that. Yep, yep, totally. Yeah, and man, like, so... And those people will commit to them. That'll be like their thing. That'll be their one thing. And it's never, curly. it's never, yeah, I've, I never wanted that to be my thing, so to speak. Yeah. You weren't passionate about it necessarily. No, no. I, w- I wanted the achievement. I wanted the feather in my cap for the rest of my life. I wanted to tell the story. Um, I wanted to see if I could, but it wasn't something that I wanted to ever like pursue as a vocation type thing, you know? Yeah. Which is what requires for a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Like a thousand percent. The, the big time commitment. Totally. Yeah. Well, do you think someday though? You, I mean, obviously, dude, your thoughts change. You know, I so, will never say never. Like, I will definitely never say never. I know that, like, right now, I'm really enjoying being back with my coach, and I'm really, really digging the process. And, um, you know, that's been really fun to kind of be back with him and learning and and whatnot. And um, and we'll see. You know, yeah. do but you when you this coming year when you have a coach? Are you mostly doing? communication online or over the phone or yeah. are you guys meeting in person ever kind of a combination of all of them yeah to, to be honest with you it, it's definitely a combination because um he is not always in la i'm not always in la uh but having that consistency and then having being even being able to get on facetime with him and like once a week and for him to be like all right take off your shirt let's see what you did this week <laughs> knowing that that has to happen uh, it, it's just an extra motivator, you know, to just be like, I can't fuck around tonight. Yeah. I know I want to just go eat a pint of Ben and Jerry's and sit on my ass and watch whatever, you know, whatever I'm watching at the time. Um, but like, I can't, I can't do it and I don't want to do it because I don't want to let this guy down. I really respect him. I really like want to be good at this and kind of explore what that's like. And, um, and so that's, that's been that's awesome. Next thing. It's kind of, it has to be nice to, you know, for, for you who, you know, you run your own business and everything and all the decisions are yours. Like all day, every decision is yours to make. Um, it has to be nice just to get someone to be like, here's your workout, do these things. And you're just like, okay, yeah, let's just do Especially after years yeah. of me doing that for other people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, man. It's amazing. Yeah. You Cause know? you used to do, you used to have your own company called workout box. Right. Yep. And, uh, yep. and you were like, 
you would assign workouts basically, and all that stuff. Yeah, basically like personal training hundreds of thousands of people a month. <laughs> effectively. Like they would all be using my programs. Um and yeah, and I was always constantly answering questions all day long on the forums. Um it was basically me doing all that all day long every day. And it just, you know, I burned out. I I I didn't want to do it anymore. Yeah. So I did, so I didn't. So along with that, like with workout box, you at that time like you had this whole what's the word I'm looking for where you, you know people have their themselves they're promoting their like <laughs> I suck at describing stuff. <laughs> uh <laughs> I'm trying I'll to help you out when I know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's like when people have their brand, that's the one I'm looking uh-huh. for. You know? Sure. So you had the, you had your Travis Stefan brand you were forming yeah. at the time. And I wanted to yeah. hear your thoughts on that idea as someone who like isn't online anymore. Like you don't. Um, personal, like personal branding. Yeah. Personal branding from someone who did it. Like when you ran workout box, man, you totally did it. Like, I was all over the internet. You were yeah. all over it. Like, look up Travis, and you'll find a picture oh, of God, him smiling and pointing. Don't. Look at, look up right now if you're listening. Go on Google, and type in Travis Stefan. How I'm gonna do it? I'll do it with you guys. Hold on, Travis. It's Stefan. Okay. Okay. Ready? Are you doing it too? Uh-huh. Okay. And then uh, click images. No, I'm not doing it. And there's some. There's a lot of pictures of you with very nice short hair. Oh, like a Bigfoot podcast, dude. There you go. Hey, you're making moves. Oh, dude. World. Okay, there's no pictures of Travis pointing, but yes, there yes. used to be. <laughs> Thank God. There used to be a picture of you just smiling and pointing and like workout box. Yeah, that was at the time. It was like a very approachable and friendly um, personal brand for beginners. Like that was who we were catering to. So it was like I couldn't be mean and hardcore because that wasn't our niche. Um, I was like, it was it was like beginners, so we had to be friendly and nice because we were getting a lot of like overweight people, people who weren't very confident, people who were kind of afraid of the gym, uh, people who didn't know what they were doing, a lot of like people who were like middle aged, and so um, and I also was very new as a founder and. As an entrepreneur, so and it was in like the early 2000s when a lot of fitnesspreneurs looked like that. Like yeah, a lot of the fitness DVDs were just like bubbly, happy, smiley yeah, yeah. people, and um, it's a little bit of a different ballgame these days. Totally, dude. Do you look back on like the early years of being an entrepreneur and like cringe a little bit? Yeah, oh, totally, dude. I look I mean, back the on the way, first years of teaching and I'm like, oh my god, like what I'm was sure, I doing? And I'm sure you like if you listen to your first few podcasts. Oh, yeah, like oh. But if you're listening, if you're listening right now, you should go back and listen to all the episodes of Like a Bigfoot podcast. Um, they're all tremendous. Yeah. <laughs> that was me trying yeah. to be a spokesperson, and it probably sounded really artificial, right? I mean, I don't know. I like it's been years since I've listened to that first. No, but I'm saying like just even a second ago, episodes. like sarcastically trying to promote going back and listening to all oh. of them. Like, I don't know, man. I feel like <laughs> I, I, I read something this today and it was basically like 
someone talking about a personal brand and then another person be like, don't say personal brand. And I kind of agreed with that, right? I'm like, really? Like, it just seems weird. I don't know. No, I think that's dumb. I mean, just because like, so person to me, personal brand is important because like you're now thinking about the image that you put forth into the world to the point where you're like, all right, how do I want to be perceived? How do I want to be remembered? How do I want, what do I want people to get from me? Like what impact do I want to have on people? Um, and who are those people? Who am I trying to help? Who am I trying to, to, to cater to? And if you don't put any thought into it, it's just lazy. In my opinion, like okay. it's just lazy to, to, because like, okay, if you, if you want to call it something different, that's cool. Like that's, if you think that the, that term is ridiculous, but if you don't wake up and purposefully think about how you're portraying, like how you're impacting those around you and um, like who you're trying to reach and, and what would make it more likely they'd relate to you or things like that. Um, I think you're just leaving, leaving a lot of opportunity on the table. Uh, I remember for me, before I really paid attention to my own personal brand, I think it was like 2015. I sat down and was like, what do I like? If I could just be anything, what would that be? Like, what would that look like? What would that, you know, go through a traditional branding exercise? Like if you're, if two movie stars played your personal brand in a movie, who would those movie stars be kind of question. And for me, I'm like, Oh, it would be a hybrid of like Hugh Jackman in Wolverine and Tony Stark or like Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. And if I, if I mash those two players to those two um, people together as those roles, that would be what I would want for myself and what I would get inspired by. If I was somebody like looking on the outside, looking in um, that's just like what resonates to me is awesome. And, and like um, that's just who I would want to, like if I could be anybody, that's who I would be. And so I'm like, why don't I just be that then? What like why does it make sense for me to just be? I mean, when somebody says like be yourself, that's always smart. But we we can never forget that we are whoever we say we are. And so being yourself can mean anything that you want it to mean. And if somebody says that's just not me, it's be, that's that's not a fact. It's a decision, you know. So if you want to like be something else you know that's that's a decision that you can make on that day you can like wake up tomorrow and be different like if your personal brand one day is like i'm the drunk slob asshole on the couch that is a dick to my wife and doesn't pay attention to my children um and like wants to sit around and play video games all day then that's your personal brand and it doesn't matter whether or not you're you're like like choosing consciously to do it that's you're you're doing it like that's what people see you as regardless of regardless of whether or not it's on purpose so you can say it's not you but that's you unless you like wake up and you're like look i'm fuck this like i'm gonna wake up tomorrow i'm gonna eat healthy i'm gonna be proactive i'm gonna pay attention to the people in my life and make sure that they feel appreciated every day and from now on that's what they're gonna know me for and that's what they're going to like see me as. And so that's my personal brand. So like the, 
the guy, the outward persona of like me as the workout box, Travis, that was on purpose because I wanted to make sure that we didn't scare away the very people we were trying to reach just based on my outward appearance, you know, like, um, because it would happen and we, and like, it sucks, but we saw the data, like we saw the data of like before and after, um, human beings judge books by their cover, like without question. That's, that's our nature. There's too much information in the world to not do that. And, um, if we don't wake up to that fact and say, all right, well, you know what? This I better make my cover look good. Like yeah. I better make my cover like I better make the yes. first impression I want to make. And you're changing. Dude, you're turning me around on this so completely. And I love it because you're 100% correct with everything you just said. Like that, like, I guess your personal brand, like it's something that you need to be consciously thinking about because it is what is used to affect the people around you either good or bad yeah Yeah. like i can tell you right now what your personal brand is in the eyes of all of your friends like i could tell you exactly what it is okay and and i would (laughs) i would venture to guess yeah i can i want to hear it i will i I, venture to guess i hope it's it's on purpose like i would venture to guess that it's on purpose like, but like how your much personal brand okay. is like your life, your number one priority above anything else is your family and more specifically your kids and very close second, very, very close second is your wife. Yeah. And then everything else comes after that, no matter what. And you've, that's not just something that you say, it's evident. It's so epically evident in your actions and your decisions and what you're outwardly most committed to, um, that like, that's, there's no question of, of who you are in that way. Um, so I think, you know, if, if anyone listening to this takes that as an example of personal branding at work, dude, like that's, that's the way to think about it Yeah, because that's just like, that's the way that it's done. And I, but I think there's something with being authentic with that versus artificial, especially now with like the internet, you know, like you could post what, you know, like how how do I, that's true. It's the idea of being authentic with what, cause you're right, dude, personal brand shouldn't necessarily be something that is in a negative connotation or it doesn't have to be. But I think mm. the problem is if people are not authentic with, with what, You're right. they're, well, what they're putting out there on the internet specifically. Yeah. So let me address that. Actually, that's a really good point. Um, so I took a seminar on um, public speaking not too long ago. It was in February of this year and it's called on camera and they do it in New York and LA and it's, it's really, really incredible ends up being like the actual seminar itself ends up being more personal development than public speaking. Um, because, because for no other reason than because the best speakers and the best professionals and the best people on camera have to be comfortable being so authentic 
and being so honest and being so passionate about what they truly believe in because people around them can tell. They can tell if they're being fake. They can tell if they don't believe what they're, what they're saying because like if you take somebody, anybody, and you have them like talk for five minutes about a topic that they know that they should be passionate about and then you have them talk for five minutes about something that they actually are passionate about and you watch those two things next to each other, it's a night and day difference. There's no comparison. You can tell you, you like it's infectious. Yeah. It's like about what that person is, is like authentically like passionate about. So that like, if you really want a great personal brand, it has to start with that authenticity. Yeah. Has to. Yeah, man. I think, I think that's where, people get frustrated with that term, I guess. And just like I was earlier in the day until you turned me around on it is because it's, it's easier with the internet to be non-authentic mm-hmm. because it's not like you're watching someone give a speech. You're looking at a picture or you're looking right. at like words they posted that may or may not actually be truly what they're thinking. You know what I mean? Where you're like, right. Oh yeah. And you're you're one hundred percent right though. That's that's interesting. And you can tell based yeah. off of like subliminally like how people are going about their their presentation, right? Yeah. Yeah, you absolutely can. And I mean there are people on the internet who's like there are people who have a specific personal grant brand and maybe you don't agree with them and maybe you hate them for, for what they represent but you still believe that that's authentically them. And then there's somebody completely different who you see and you're like, Oh, this ain't real. And so you don't even pay attention. Like you don't give it a second thought. Cause you're like, this person's an idiot. This is not actually them. They're faking it. Like it's not real. You see, for example, a good example, Dan Bilzerian, massive, massive. I don't know who that is. Internet, internet, like, um, Instagram star. Okay professional poker player dude as a side note for a second can i say this i read an article this week about like the top best things on the internet this year and Mm -hmm. i read the whole entire article like i read every single word of the article understood most of the words right yep no idea what i read i was like i do not understand the context of how they're using these words right now like there was something called flexing i'm like i don't know what that means in this context (laughs) Yeah. And I felt so old. Flexing, I would guess, is like kind of like chest puffing. Okay. Which you I'm guessing you understand that. I do. Yeah. But I was just like in the context of this of this like and I read the whole thing and I was like, maybe I'll understand number number three because it was like top ten best things on the internet. I'm like, maybe I'll understand number three. And I got to number three, I'm like, I still don't understand Wait, any of this. So one things. of the best things on the internet, one of them is it, one of them is just I don't called remember. flexing. I don't. It just used that Maybe word. Maybe I don't understand. Oh. <laughs> I was just like, "Whoa, dude! This is one of those moments yeah, where I feel, where old. feel old, and I have a lot yeah. of those moments as a middle school teacher." Yeah, I'm sure. You know, but I guess like, thank God I don't spend a lot of time around kids. Otherwise, I would tr- probably feel super old all the time. I feel so old, but sometimes then you start understanding it, and it kind of is like, "Oh, I get what you're saying." Yeah, and then you use like an old term, and it's hilarious to them. So that's what you got to do. Yeah, it's funny. I actually am dating somebody that does not understand any slang, like no slang. 
know, or e- either she doesn't, or she just chooses to make it feel to make it seem like she doesn't. Can I? And so very good today. My uh, my students were dissecting a frog, and uh, they would I would come over and start talking to them, like describing where the organs were and everything. And they would look at me and be like, we named our car, we named our frog Kermit. And I would just deadpan and like act like I didn't know what that meant. And I would just look at them like, you mean after Teddy Roosevelt's son, Kermit Roosevelt? (laughs) And they're like, what? And they're like, no, after the frog, Kermit the frog. And I'd be like, I do not understand that reference and like just completely <laughs> deadpan it and then walk away. And they're like, do you not know who Kermit the frog is? <laughs> <laughs> um, That's the best. Yeah. Yeah. And by telling you that story, I completely forgot the point I was trying to make there. Um, uh, no, I, didn't, I don't care what the point was. That story was worth it. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, oh, here's what. Okay. So, out of everything, like with the podcast, you know, I've gotten compliments from a lot of people, which is super cool. And like, you know, makes me feel good and makes me be like, oh, yeah, this is this is people are listening to this thing like it's going out. Yeah. There, you know? But one of the best compliments I ever got for the whole thing that I was like the most proud of was uh, I met uh, my friend Jay Lund. And it was like the first time we met, but I did a podcast about our the race we were about to participate in, like interview uh. the race director and stuff. And I was talking to him for a while and he goes, he just looks at me. He's like, dude, you sound exactly like the way you sound on the podcast. And I was like, that's the best compliment because <laughs> that means I'm being authentic. You know, I'm like, yeah, man. if I sound like I do in real life and like I'm IRL. J- in real life, is that what that means? Yep. All right, man. I'm good. You gotta know all this stuff because you have daughters, and they're just gonna say all this stuff to you, dude. Dad. I don't understand emojis. Earlier, I texted you something, and I used an alligator emoji. And you I did, was like, and I was gonna mention something, and then I was like, maybe he knows something I don't. I'm just gonna pretend that I'm catching on. I this. didn't. I told Lindsay, I'm like, I just texted Travis an alligator emoji, just randomly. Just the comp- and I, she's like, why? I'm like, sometimes I just like to throw curveballs at him. He did, he you did. know, because I was like, I was like, I oh, is that this? An, is that a new thing? Like, yeah, it means say, that the kids are saying these days. He is a teacher, so maybe. Yeah, it means like I'm free whenever now. No rush, chomp chomp. <laughs> <laughs> Alligator. I, yeah, I guess. Is that I, what you thought? <laughs> I, well, I don't want to say I thought that because I didn't, but that would make sense if I thought that. That totally, man. But yeah. I guess my point is like. I think it is really important to be authentic and I try my best with the podcast and with all this stuff and online is just a weird, it's a weird world, man. So like trying to be as authentic as I can be is, is important to me because ultimately I want my message to reach people that it needs to reach and, you know, affect people in a positive way. Yep. Because because all these experiences and all these people like talking to you and talking to people I've talked to on the show, like it has affected my life in a really positive way. It's really I've learned so much. Like when you talked about being in a room of people who know more than you and like constantly doing that, like I feel like that is one of the reasons why yeah. 
I started this and like continue to do it because it's well, one. It's I fun. When you started it, yeah, and and you legitimately were just the biggest podcast fan <laughs> in the history of humanity. Where like you just loved listening to podcasts, yeah, and the fact that you got into it because you just genuinely wanted to do it, and you didn't care about getting rich or something like that, or just becoming famous or whatever. I mean, you just genuinely, genuinely wanted to do it. You do get rich like, and famous doing podcasts, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's like the easiest way for like some cash people cows. do. Do they really? <laughs> yeah, some people do. Some people who actually make an effort to monetize their podcast do make a lot of money. Yeah, well, yeah, good for them. I mean, that's you don't cool. have to do it. You can just do it for the love. I have. There's, I do, dude. That's why I do it, man. Yeah, I know you do. I know you do, and it, like that's why it's so authentic. Yeah, because that is the reward you get. That's how you get paid. Is just the enjoyment. It is, man. You know, it is. So, what are you doing for just the enjoyment of Travis? Fuck. That's a great question. Um, that's what I wanted to challenge you with at the very end of the show here. Yeah, that's a great question. Well, I mean, I I do love like competing physically in any way. So I yeah. I, I love what I'm doing with bodybuilding. Um, I really love building flash course. Yeah, like. I really genuinely love working on it. It's like so fun to see this thing evolve into what it has become. Um, and it's not in the market yet, but like as soon as it does, I, I like as soon as it hits, I know it's going to be like the most successful thing that I've ever touched. I just automatically know because I love doing it every day and I'm proactively trying to do less of everything else so I can spend more time just doing that. And, um, you know, other people are that are in my life are are they see it and they're like so thoroughly impressed with how it looks and the mission and they're on board and awesome. there hasn't been one person that we've showed it to that doesn't get it instantly. That isn't like oh my god, there's such a massive need for this thing. Um, you know, so it's it's uh it's really already rewarding in that way. Yeah. Um, I. I mean, let's see. What else am I doing just for the love of it? I mean, if I didn't mention my girlfriend, she'd probably kill me. Um, like, obviously, there is no other thing to do. Like, there's no other, no other reason to be with, like, a romantic partner except for the love. Yeah. You know? I guess there are some people that do it for companionship. There are some people that do it for money. I'm not judging. Um, you know, and she makes more money than I do, which is, like, a lot, you know? Um <laughs> And that's, that's interesting. But so I clearly, you know, but I, I don't, we don't like share funds in that way. And, and so I'm, you know, so I do do that for, I'm just trying to think of what's something that I do, you know, um, I haven't been doing it so much lately, but I got into playing the piano, uh, a couple years ago and I really enjoyed that. I really should pick that back up. Yeah, I it's a good question was, to think about as you're going into yeah. the next year of like what I was talking to. What do I generally to my today? Yeah. And I was like, I'm thinking about getting into marksmanship as a hobby, and she basically put the kibosh on that immediately. What you but, would like that, man? Are you talking dude, like bows and arrows it. and stuff? Well, like that, or like going to the shooting range. Um, I, I like think if either one of those, if I you like, like Bill, if you're like, hey, bows and arrows, 
I mean, and she, like build she it did up. say like, she did say that that, that, um, is something that she would be cool with is you... bows and arrows. But I, I mean, obviously we had like a heated conversation about like gun legislation, which I'm very liberal about. Like, I just am not a, on board with prohib like absolute prohibition, which she is. And I just don't think prohibition works in, in general. You're um, going to go, you're going to like be like bows and arrows is cool. Okay. And yeah. then you're going to do that for a while. And by we, we keep saying bows and arrows. And I think and if archery. people, if people do <laughs> archery, they're like, what are, these guys? are they talking about cowboys and Indians? Like what? Bows and arrows. Yeah. Bows and arrows. <laughs> yeah, you do bows and arrows. You oh, dude. Tell that I'm like a total newbie about this. You know what you need to do arrows. is you need to do straight up like hatchet throwing. See, and dude, <laughs> that's such a great idea, but right? like, you kind of have to have a hatchet, a setup for that, that I don't know. I mean, we live in an apartment in Los Angeles. Throw it at the wall, man. Like kind of Someone by the will beach. fix that. Someone will we fix. We don't really have like an area, like a yard of any kind. Um, dude, people then... know how to fix drywall. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> that's true. I mean, my dad has a backyard. I don't know. Like I'm, I need to find some, like the thing is with in LA, there you would get ranges. really into it. You would get really legitimate into gun ranges stuff. in LA. I don't know that they have archery ranges. Maybe they do. I, I just have never heard do. of them. I bet they you do. Know? I bet they do. Even though I will like, you would look kind of interesting walking down the street with a bow and arrow in LA. Like, be well, like I'm I mean, going to the archery let's range. Let's Google this. Let's, yeah. Let's Google this. Well, but I could see you going from that to like, you know, working your way up and then eventually oh, look at that. like, I, now I, I'm like, Travis, how's the, uh, how's the marketing ship stuff going? And you're like, oh yeah, I got my rocket launcher in the mail this morning. And I now got I'm my like, rocket launcher. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, actually they, they have, uh, they have archery ranges. Dude, they probably have everything in LA. There, man. Yeah. Um, and there, it's, it's not like absurdly far away. Yeah. It's, you know, it's a little bit of a trek, but not much. It's Dude, like you in the city. Do that, man. Hey, here's your assignment as we wrap up the show. Do archery. Because I did I'm archery. I did it. archery a few months ago. I went to our sixth grade outdoor lab where they the sixth graders travel to like they do summer camp, but in the school yeah. year for a week with yeah. their schoolmates. And it has to be awesome. And they have yeah. archery. And I did it. And I was like, whoa, this is awesome. But you would totally get into that. It's, I mean, I've done it like once or twice and it is fun. Yeah. So like, here's your assignment. Sure do archery. You know who's like super serious in archery right now? No. Bo Jackson. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that on 30 for 30. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Anyways, do what? archery with Bo Jackson, and then you're going to come back on the <laughs> podcast and tell us all about it, all right? All right, deal. Deal. Sweet, man. Well, thanks for coming on the show, man. You're always fascinating, and you're my best friend, so you're awesome. Oh, you're my best friend, too, brother. <laughs> all right, see you, man. Good stuff. That'll do it for this week's show, and that actually wraps up 2018 of the Like a Bigfoot podcast. Uh, seriously, guys, thank you so much for listening. This has been so cool. I'm so glad I've been able to share this with you. And really, I I just feel so grateful that I've had the support um, in this little fun project uh, over the last couple of years. So it means a whole lot. Uh, I have a lot of really exciting plans for 2019. Um, 
And by exciting plans, I mean people that I'm just excited because I get a nerd out and talk to them about really fun <laughs> adventure stuff. So I uh, hope you guys enjoy that. Uh, Travis, as always, man, thank you so much for doing the show. Uh, I really appreciate it. And like I said in the opening, like I really enjoy just talking to you about anything, anything and everything. Um, so come back next week. We're going to have a clip show. It's not the best of 2018. That would make sense if it was, but I'm, but that's not what I'm doing. <laughs> I, instead I'm doing, I did previously, I did the clip show one through episodes one through 40 and now I'm doing episodes 40 through 80. I guess I have 40 on there twice now that I think about it, but you know what? 40 through 80 sounds better than 41 through 80. And I have some cool clips from guest number 40, Scott Morris, who I want to share his adventures. So uh, come back next week. Check that out. But more importantly, enjoy your holidays. Enjoy time with family. Get outside. Take your kids on like a cool adventure, even if the adventure is just in your backyard and you're exploring around and playing outside and getting out in the sun. Uh, if you don't have kids, go have an adventure but without kids now so <laughs> so yeah i hope you guys enjoy enjoy it uh so from my family to yours happy holidays all right we'll get back at you in the year 2019 see ya